the snap, looking, flips the ball, diving for the pylon, and he's got it! Razzle-dazzle! Touchdown, Houston! And the Texans go in front! Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Ball is out, and the Texans say they have it, and they do! Now, it's Texans All Access. Yes, sir, it is Texans All Access on this Monday evening. John Harris alongside the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, long time no see. Uh, I will admit it is really, really good to see you in the morning doing Texas Training Camp Live, which you need to be tuning into every single day, 8 to 10. How are you, my friend? Recovered from practice yet? Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, did that really happen this morning with 73 degrees when we went on the air? I mean, I wrote about that, I, and I yeah. thought, wait, was that a dream, Johnny? Did I dream <laughs> that it was that cool this morning? Because I went running this afternoon, and I'm, I'm thinking, this is not even the same planet I was on yeah. this morning. Well, good for you. I can't even walk hardly. I got to go get an MRI on Wednesday. Back is getting con- oh, no. consistently worse. So I'm glad to see that uh, you're getting some exercise. Because during training camp, I for the last couple of years, I would get up at about 5 I'd run to about 5.45. I'd shower, clean up, get out of here by 6, and then be ready to go for radio. I can barely even walk to the car in the morning. And then, of course, I've got COVID testing that I've got to do as well. So uh, that's, always, that's always a real good way to start your morning, kind of wake you up a little bit. Hey, how are you feeling this morning? That coffee was good. You know, that breakfast sandwich was good. Okay, here's a straw up your nose. Good luck with that. Uh, but anyway, well, you mean a Q-tip? A straw sounds like it's a different kind of recreational activity. Oh yeah, a Q-tip. That's what I meant. Q-tip, yeah. not, not yeah. a straw. You're not a Tony straw. Montana, okay? Oh yeah, exactly. That is true. I am not. I am not Tony Montana, yeah. and I am and, and, not Randall Cobb either. Thankfully, because Randall Cobb will join us later on the show. He sat down with Drew Doherty today. Really fun interview. So I was trying to decide. Mark and I were actually trading texts before the show. Drew kind of broke his interview up a little bit. He starts talking about the team and football, and then he asked some Drew's Dirty Dozen questions. And I started listening to the whole thing, and I was like, I really like this interview. We're going to play the whole thing. So we're going to have that for you a little later uh, in the show. I'm also going to go with gut reaction from Mark in our next segment. I'm going to throw some of the players that he saw today mm-hmm. and just get his initial gut reaction. Now, a lot of these players are veterans, so we've seen them in maybe other iterations, other teams – Maybe you've seen him in college with the rookies, et cetera. So I want to get Mark's just gut reaction to what he saw. Even players that have been here for a while, uh, what he saw from them. And then we'll go around the league. The, the Jags have absolutely been hammered with the injury bug already. They've lost three guys that you think, oh, well, are they going to play that big a role? Probably so for what they wanted to do. Uh, and we'll get into that. And a former Texas City High School Texas Longhorn slash Texan product had a tryout today somewhere Ooh. in the AFC South. Who was he and where did he try out? I can we eliminate two teams that. right off the bat. Two well, teams yeah, are eliminated. I know you can, yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's one of the other. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get to that um, because a certain former Texan running back did try out today amongst about five or six other players in – uh, an AFC South location. But, Mark, your chance to put your eyes on this squad on Monday in the beautiful temperatures, which always makes it a little bit easier to watch practice because 
like the players, and we talk about this with them a lot, when they're at home here, typically, those last 20 to 30 minutes are just about survival. It's, yes, they want to get the reps in. They they are trying to be great professionals. But it's about survival, especially when they've got full pads on. When we went to the Greenbrier, that was a consistent theme. They all said, look, the last 20 minutes of practice, I'm still working on technique. I'm still getting good reps. I'm not looking to just, quote, unquote, survive like I would. Your overall thought of what you saw early on from this team, uh, from this team today? Well, it really felt like a Greenbrier practice, not only because we were in a tent, or I was anyway, not you, yeah. sorry. Yeah. But okay. uh, the temperature, of course, and like you said, it probably enabled them to do a whole lot more work rather than survive, uh, which sometimes is the case with these really warm summer practices. I think everyone's been talking about David Johnson, and Johnny, it's as if – When they acquired David Johnson in the Hopkins deal, people thought, well, David Johnson's going to show up in a wheelchair or with a walker or on crutches or something like David Johnson. Listen, David Johnson's a hell of a football player, and you can just see it out there. I mean, this guy is really good. And I mentioned it this morning. Uh, you got to watch Johnny's Telestrator. It's somewhere It's somewhere on the interweb on our website, uh, the David Johnson Telestrator. Kyler Murray making a nice play to Johnson. Uh, as the Cardinals were uh, scoring a touchdown last year. And I thought that uh, this shows a little bit of what he can do with Watson. You know, you think about Los Carlos Hyde with 10 Mm -hmm. catches last year. You think about Lamar Miller, not a prolific receiving back, but a good one, but not unbelievable, not known for that necessarily, especially here. Uh, He did have some moments, 16 against the Colts on Sunday Night Football, had Mm -hmm. the catch against Seattle, but he's kind of like Johnny on the spot there. Uh, but this guy is going to make some huge plays through the air, whether it's out of the backfield as a bailout, whether it's design, whether it's whatever. He and Watson, I think, are going to make beautiful music together. And that's just one element of this offense. I think the other thing, Johnny, is when they're going against air, uh, when I saw Cobb and Cooks and Fuller and David Johnson, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, here it is. They're lining up like this, and uh, that is very cool. You know, among other ways they line up, but that's one of the combinations. And I just smiled and thought, I cannot wait to see stuff like this when we get to the regular season campaign. Yeah, I mean, it's so fun to see how the things that we envisioned this offseason, we didn't have a chance to see it until now because we would have seen that in, in OTAs, I would imagine. We would have seen that grouping at least go out there and pitch it around a little bit and had the the, the desert, most of Ju- a lot of June and all of July, before training camp to kind of envision, okay, now what does it look like when they put pads on, et cetera. But we're getting our, our, our eyes on it for the first time. It's like, hey, there's 13, there's 18. Okay, those guys, wait, those guys are new. 31 used to be a defensive guy. Okay, so now he's on. Okay. So you're trying to figure all this out, and then you realize, man, they can really get up and go. I think the one thing about, about David, too, David Johnson, Mark, there was one run, and I, I know that not a lot of people saw it, and I, I, I saw it because I was kind of standing right in line with it. But you know how much I love to watch the interior line. No matter what's going on, I love to watch the interior, and especially in the run game. And, and watching the interior, you can see just so much happening. And I just happened to be watching a couple of the blocks on the left side develop. And as I was, I kind of got Dave, David was in my view. And so they're running a play. And essentially he was running for the B gap. So my guess is it was probably inside zone play, maybe a duo play. But he was running at the A gap, which is in between the center and the guard. Well, BMAC saw it right away. And BMAC shoots the A gap. And David Johnson, Mark, I'm telling you, without missing a beat, sees BMAC get in 
the gap where he wanted to go. And David literally just slid his body over. On, not Didn't even really jump cut. It's just like he took the next couple of steps out of the hole. And BMAC was basically left grasping for air. And Johnson got his shoulder square and continued on for about a 7-8 yard game before he was touched. And I thought, this guy's 6'2", 225, 230. And he just made one of the better run defending linebackers in the league. Just left them like grasping for air. Mm-hmm. And I thought, who, who does that? Yeah. Who does that? And I, I don't know that, that many people could see it because it was kind of hard to see in the mismosh depending on where you were standing. But I was standing right in line where I had a good view of it. And BMAC thought for sure he had a tackle. And David just sidestepped him, just sidestepped outside the guard's block and just kept right on going. And I was like, wow, if he's able to do that and they're able to do that and run the ball that way, combined with what they have at wide receiver and him at wide receiver, and maybe this offense can do things that, that maybe this offense can do things that a lot of people didn't think it could do, especially after DeAndre Hopkins was traded in March. I just thought of a new category for us to uh, put players in because if Bill O'Brien heard what you just said, he might say, "Well, listen, don't put them in, don't put them in yeah, Canton, don't put okay? them in Canton yet." Yeah, so know, don't put them in Canton, but is a whole category that we have to use on the morning program. All right, yeah. don't put them in Canton, but. And I think we'll have a bunch of players to uh, put in that category. Yeah, absolutely. And one guy we won't put in Canton, but I would put in Canton as a slot receiver. At some point, hopefully we will, after a successful run here with the Houston Texans, <laughs> is Randall Cobb. It was funny. He was he had finished up this interview with Drew, and he was just standing outside. He was talking to Amy Palsic and, and Omar and Nathan in our, our media PR department, and he was just standing there, and he was just talking with them. And it was like they were old pals and friends. And I was like, this is so bizarre to just continue to see Randall Cobb in our place of mm-hmm. business. It's it's wild, but he is absolutely awesome to have around. He was doing some holding on field goals today, did some special teams work. Randall Cobb is going to be a tremendous piece in this offense. And Drew Doherty had a chance to catch up with him earlier today. How are you settling into the offense? I feel pretty good about it. You know, uh, I, I think the biggest thing is just continuing to get repetition, continue to hear Deshaun in the huddle and uh, picking up on his, his cues and uh, just getting out there and going to work. How much fun is it actually? Because we hear how this time of year can be a grind. We hear how it can be tough. But are you having some fun? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, just having the challenge of learning a new offense and picking up um, the offensive goal um, we're trying to accomplish here. Uh, so, so I think that it's just a new challenge and obviously have a little bit of normalcy uh, that, that we haven't had here in the past few months. So it, it's nice to get back on the field and be able to run around a little bit and catch some balls and, and just have fun doing what we love doing. Yeah, you bring up a really good point there about normalcy. You know, in a normal year, your body is at X level. But this year, how much fresher might you feel after not having to go through OTAs and mini camps? Is that is that an a thing that's going on with you right now? Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, uh, it's a catch-22. It's, it's pros and cons. Obviously, uh, we're in a very peculiar time with uh, not having the opportunity to work in the offseason. So, obviously, the body is a little bit more fresh. But at the same time, there's a lot of things that, you know, I would do on a personal uh, level of uh, doing body correctives and stuff that I haven't been able to do that I normally would do uh, during, during offseason and during training camp. So, it's the give and take. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to finally be back in the facility and be able to work with the training staff here 
and uh, just work on the correctives and doing the little things I can uh, to make sure my body's in tip-top shape and, and, and game form by the time we get to uh, September. No doubt. You know, production from the slot receiver spot in this franchise's history has, has been spotty to almost non-existent. You know, you've got a, a pretty voluminous pass there. You've done some things. What are your strengths, you think, as a, as a slot receiver? First and foremost, I hope we can change that. Yeah. You know, I, hope, I hope that's uh, something that I can bring to this team, uh, you know, bring some stability there in the slot and, and be able to make some things happen. Uh, you know, I think if you look over the course of my career, most of my work has come from the slot, and I, I think that I've, I've got a pretty good experience, um, you know, if you look at my resume from there. So uh, just being able to take what I've learned and what I've experienced throughout my career and, and add it into this offense and, and be able to help Sean with understanding what I'm good at and, um, you know, understanding what he's expecting out of me on certain plays and certain concepts. Yeah, you bring up Deshaun. Based off of what you saw on tape and what you saw – when you were maybe just watching him over the last few years on game broadcast, how is that different than what you've seen through these first few days of camp when you've actually had a chance to catch a pass or two from him? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is before you could obviously see his talent uh, glaring through the screen, watching him in highlights and uh, in gameplay, uh, going back and watching film and seeing what he's done over the course of his career uh, here in his short career. Uh, but I, I think being able to work with him on the field, his understanding of uh, defenses and understanding of what he's trying to do on certain plays, uh, it, it, you know, we're, we're starting to build that chemistry and that trust. And I, I think that's going to take time and uh, continuing to talk through uh, different scenarios and situations. And, you know, we're, now we have live bodies, uh, you know, we've, we've grown on air a little bit, but now that we have uh, a defense out there having live bodies moving around, being able to discuss and, and talk through different point of views on certain plays and concepts. How comforting has that been for you actually getting to do that and getting to, to verbalize things? That's huge because that's all football is. You know, it, it's a game of X's and O's. Uh, you know, all of us are talented. If we weren't, we wouldn't be out here on this field. Uh, so we all have the ability. It's all obviously uh, the, the mental process of it and making sure that we're mentally on the same page and understanding what we're trying to accomplish. You talk about that talent that's on the field. You know, at the outside receiver spots, I'm not sure we've ever seen this combination of speed with skill. How might that help you with what you're trying to accomplish on an individual basis? Because we all know that the, the, the team goal is getting to the Super Bowl and winning one. But individually, how do you think that speed outside might help you? Uh, well, I think we, we feed off each other. Uh, you know, being, being able to have guys that can take the top off, being able to have guys that can work the underneath. Uh, it, that's huge for us as an offense. The more playmakers we have on the field and the more that we understand how our concepts mesh, mesh together and understanding that sometimes it's going to be me getting somebody else open on certain plays and, and being able to do that and do that at a high level. Uh, you know, it's, it's complimentary uh, football whenever you have a group of guys that, that can come together and understand that, that it's not about one person, but it's about the team's success. Uh, so, that's what I look forward to. You know, me and Cooks and Kenny and Fuller, we've all talked about that. We understand uh, what, what our role will be and, you know, what's expected of us. And I think that we're going to mesh together really well uh, and, and just continue to, to grow together as a team. All right. During the quarantine, the, the shelter in place, whatever you want to call it, what did you binge on? Any TV shows or anything you yeah. binged on? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, let's see. When, when it first started – so that's back in March. 
Uh, me and my wife binged the uh, what was that show? The, the Love Is Blind on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah, wasn't that yeah, good? That was that was pretty bad. That was, was wild. Was yeah, yeah, it was. You don't want to watch it. It's, it was it was bad TV, but <laughs> we enjoyed it. Uh, let's see. We we went back. Uh, we watched Friday Night Lights. Okay. All the way through. Texas Forever Six. You know, gotta, <laughs> gotta give that shout out. Um, Your eyes full hearts, right? Exactly. <laughs> we love, but that, that's one thing we do love. Me and my wife, we, we try to get in the show at night. Uh, try to try to watch a series right now. We're in Yellowstone. Oh. Uh, so we, that's that's a really good one. We've been watching that here recently. Good stuff. Yeah, it's funny you call it bad. The Love Is Blind show. That's kind of like the way my mom would. She'd call it trash. It's trash. Yeah, TV. yeah, exactly. Oh, that's trash. Same I can thing. hear her saying Same that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, What'd you say? Tiger King. Tiger King, King. yeah. That was like right at the start. Shout out Joe Exotic. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> wild. Hey, on game day, are there any songs, there's any music that you get uh, you, you get in your ears and you get, get ready for the game with? I mean, is there anything that gets you going? Uh, I have a playlist. I have a playlist called The Calm Before the Storm. So, you know, I, I try to go through that, uh, try to keep my, my mood pretty even kill until that last, like, 30 minutes before we go out as a group. So I, I try to stay pretty calm and collected throughout. So calm before the storm. Is it like the quiet storm that Laramie Tunsil, Tunsil listens to? He uses Sade on game day. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm going to I'm have to ask him about that one. But yeah, mine kind of up the same alley. It's a little bit of Lauren Hill, uh, a, a little bit of Erica Badu. So it's, it's pretty much right up the same alley, of, you know, just trying to keep, keep the emotions down. Okay, we're going to rank the Randalls, okay? Randall Cobb, that's you. Randall Tex Cobb, the actor. Randall McDaniel, Tony Randall, and Randall Cunningham. How do they rank? How do they shake out there? Well, I don't know the last two, so uh, that's going to be four or five. <laughs> you don't know Randall Cunningham? No, not kind of Cunningham. I definitely know Randall Cunningham. Yeah. Uh, he, Tony say, Randall, the actor. Cunningham is, I got to put myself first. There you go. You got confidence. I like yeah, it. I gotta, gotta have my, gotta have myself first. Cunningham second. Randall text cop third. He took a lot of knockouts. Uh, <laughs> and I don't like the last two, so they gotta be four and five. Okay. Randall McDaniel, he was a hall of fame offensive lineman uh, back in the day. And then Tony Randall's, I don't know if he's still alive even, but he was, he was an actor way back when. Uh, Randall text Cobb, I mean, have you ever, I know you're, you don't look like him and he's way older than you, but has anyone ever like mistaken yeah, you? Yeah, all, all the time. Really? The time. Yeah, people want to call me Tex. I'm like, no, that's, that's not me. I'll pass. There's only one Tex, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Do you have any nicknames? Uh, most people call me RC or Cabo. Okay. Which one do you prefer? Either or. Either or. Yeah, as long as it's not Randy. No Randys, huh? Nah, not a Randy guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. What food do you absolutely hate? Olives. I'm not an olive guy. Olive, black or green? You don't like either? I don't care. If it's an olive, I don't want it. Okay. No olives for Randall Cobb. Yeah. What food or what meal is perfect after you win a football game on Sunday? After a win, let's see. I gotta have me. Gotta have me a nice steak. Uh, with a glass of cab, you know, I think that that's the that's the way the best way to cap off a win. What type of steak? New York strip, fillet, porterhouse. What are we working with there? Uh, yeah, I like either a fillet or or a uh, ribeye. Okay, depending on the day. 
I, I, I understand that. That's good stuff. Okay, we'll wrap it up. I'll, I asked this of all your teammates, what's the last thing that you cooked? Last thing that I cooked. Let's see, I made breakfast yesterday morning, so I made some lemon zest blueberry pancakes. Ooh, that sounds pretty uh, pretty intricate there. That's that's not just a bowl of... Oh, awesome yeah, I like to cook. Chef Cobb is a nickname, too, if you want to call me that. Chef Boy yep. RC. Chef Cobb, all right. Chef Boy RC. Chef Boy RC. All right, well, Chef Boy RC, it's always great to talk with you, great to catch up with you. Welcome again to the Texans, and best of luck in 2020 and beyond, okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. Mark, there's so much there in this interview that I've got oh to react gosh. to. So much. Number well, one. I, I can give you one thing right here, John. Go. <laughs> Tony, Randall. Tony Randall. I mean, Drew, there was no way yes. that Randall Cobb was going to know Tony Randall, who starred <laughs> Tony. with Jack Klugman in The Odd Couple. Tony Randall. There's no shot. But this is one of the greatest TV themes ever. I mean, it's one no of the best. It's one of the best. And this oh. show is so good. You know, when I was a kid, they would put reruns on Friday night really late, and I'd stay up, and I could barely mm-hmm. keep my eyes open. I'd watch it. It felt like. You know, I was getting away with something. I was probably eight or nine or something. And The Odd Couple was such a clean show, but at the time it just felt so adult to me. Anyway, Randall well, I Cobb. Fi- I find this – uh, I mean, I find a kinship to Tony Randall because in The Odd Couple, he is the very OCD, got to oh, keep it yes. clean. You know, this is you and me in the in the yeah, digital exactly. studio. That's I mean, exactly this is, what it is. I'm Oscar Madison all the this way. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it. I'm not a slob. No, no, I'm just no, not no, very. No. It's neat just I'm studio, very sorry. OCD. Okay, here's another thing I, uh, that we found okay. out in that interview. Uh, first of all, his uh, Chef Boy RC nickname is absolutely fantastic. The fact that he good. made lemon blueberry pancakes, I'm like Randall. Uh, mm-hmm. He Randall Cobb is. I mean, je ne sais quoi. I mean. Yeah. A steak with a cab? I mean, oh, yeah. oh, holy yeah. cow. Uh, I, I got this from him when I um, interviewed him for the season ticket members yeah, back yeah, when yeah. we signed him. Then we ran it. He's he's really uh, – you, Johnny, all these guys, okay, all these guys they picked up. Eric Murray, yeah. didn't he at the end of his interview today say, thanks so much for – it's yeah. great to see everybody. Thanks so much for having me. Like, he he thanked thanking the, the audience. He the thanked media. the media, and I was sitting yeah. in the room, and so – I was sitting in the room, and so I heard – I could hear people on the Zoom go, did he just thank us? He just yeah. thanked us. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, but let's hit one final one here. Okay. Laramie Tunsil listens to Sade before a game. Laramie Tunsil is my number one player forevermore. Forevermore. I don't get that, though. Does that get you fired up? In, or, you got, I mean, it gets okay, you fired well, up for something, but it's not football. But you got to think like Laramie, though. You got to think uh, like Laramie because Laramie can't be all jacked up like, ah, ah, you know, he can't be that way. Laramie's got to be thinking in a good, smooth, clean headspace. You know what I mean? Right. right. Because all the guys he has to go against, how he's got to dance out there with those guys. He's got to be smooth. He's got to be feeling it. That's what Sade is like. I got to ask yeah. Laramie about this now. I got to I mean, Sade is one of my favorites. So I, I mean, yeah. she's she's phenomenal. I just, I, it's weird. It's like I can Im- imagine a quarterback maybe listening to something light, you know. Uh, oh wait, do I have any Sade here? Oh yeah. Okay, let's go block somebody. I I'm mean, can you not? The passer. But, but think about Laramie. But I think about just how he start. is. Just. I will not give up sacks. <laughs> I will steamroll people because I have Sade power. She get me fired up. She's so good. Oh, my gosh. I know. Everybody's thinking about something else right now, though, yeah, other than football. I mean, Sade was like the go-to 
yeah, <laughs> the yeah, go-to yeah. selection. Yeah. Get out the Charday DVD. Yeah, listen. Or I the cassette. Them. I'm that old. Okay. Yeah. Listen, Sean Henry Ash and I did a whole four hours on that show, and uh, yeah, it's one oh, of on that most... on that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, on Sade in particular that led <laughs> to everyone else that has songs that led to those sort of things. Uh, uh, but that is, I, I'm I could I've say been, so much. I've been a <laughs> I've been such a fan of Laramie Tunsil for so long, and I was mm-hmm. so happy when he got here. I am an even bigger fan. The fact that he listens to Shade before the game, I think that, I think that's absolutely awesome. I think I mean, it's awesome. You want to talk about your blessings as a football team to have Laramie Tunsil here? Oh my, my goodness! Gosh. And I know, yeah. I know, it wasn't inexpensive as far as transactionally. So what? You know, you so got what? a great left tackle. I mean, that's it's like expensive quarterback. So what? Yeah, you have you him one. now. Yeah, and, and other people now. have to deal with him. That's and you've the got him for the next thing. next four years, this year yep. and three others. So that's what's great. Okay, when we get back, gut reaction. Mark put his eyes on this team this morning, and I want to get his thoughts on certain players. I'm going to throw some players at him and get his gut reaction to what he sees and what he thinks next right here at Texans Access. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. This is Justin Reed. And this is picked off by Reed, and he's going to score. And you're listening to Texans Radio. Oh, the sweet sound of Justin Reed's voice. Boy, it's nice to hear from him. He's had a really good camp to start. Welcome back to Texans All Access on this Monday evening. John Harris and the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. It's time for gut reaction. I like to do this with Mark to just throw a scenario or throw a situation or, in this case, throw the name of a player at Mark and get his gut reaction to what not only he has seen what he's been thinking, so this gives an opportunity to dive deep into the nether regions of the Vandermeer brain. Mark, are you ready? Ready. Okay. Fire. I'm going to start off with the guy that when I first saw him, I was so blown away by when I saw him, and I cannot wait to see what he is able to do. As a rookie, Mark, your gut reaction to seeing Ross Blacklock today? Uh, very light on his feet for a guy who weighs nearly 300 pounds. I, I couldn't believe the way he bounces around. Some guys just have that look. They're light on their feet despite being 300. That's why, you know, when we're talking about football teams, especially in college, their offensive line averages 310 across the – listen – there's 310 and there's 310, okay? Yeah. There's 310, I had too many pancakes, and there's 310, <laughs> I'm a hell of an athlete, all yeah. right? And Ross Blacklock is a hell of an athlete. I mean, he's moving around everywhere. So, look, Johnny, this is difficult for me to judge without people, you know, regular season, you are permitted to take the head off the opponent, right? In yeah. the Well, really not, it's a penalty. But now uh, they're being very careful with everything. There were several times, by the way, the defense uh, would have made some outstanding plays today in the backfield or had a chance to, because with Watson, you never know. Uh, and, and I salute the creativity. But Blacklock, that's another subject. Blacklock, um, I was, that, that was the one thing that jumped out. Gut reaction was the, the kid can move, and that's going to come in handy at that position, at that weight, and uh, with the people who are blocking him. It certainly will. There was one play today that the offense tried to they, – they tried kind of just a little quick – just throw out a little hitch screen, smoke screen, whatever you want to call it, out to Kiki. I think it's Kiki. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Kiki. And it's one of those where 
if the defensive line has been firing out upfield and firing out upfield, a lot of times you can catch them. You can hit that little hit screen, and they're upfield, and then you kind of work it behind them with some blocks in front. And so that's what they were trying to do. And Ross saw it. He read it right away, and he planted and sprinted out to Kiki. And as Kiki was about to turn up the field, Ross basically reached out with one arm and with his hand, his right hand, he just grabbed him basically by the back of the jersey. And it's like one of those things, you know, and you see in the cartoons where, you know, the big guy picks the little guy up and he still his feet are still kind of going like he's riding a bicycle. It was almost like that. Kiki literally stopped in his tracks as Ross Blacklock just hung on. I shouldn't even say hung on. He just latched onto him and was holding him. And I just remember writing down. I wrote in my book, damn. Because I don't know, like, how do you even describe that? Like, what do you, yeah. how do you even describe what just happened? I mean, it was oh, – holy smokes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, what he's able to bring to the party. Okay, let's go to the guy we just heard getting us back into the segment. A guy going into his third year at safety. Has made many plays for this team. Now healthy. Last yeah. year he played the whole year without that show, with that shoulder injury, the labrum that he injured against the Lions in, in uh, preseason practice. Played with it all year. Was tough. Still was a leader on this defense. Your gut reaction to seeing Justin Reed? Uh, looks like a, f- a five-year veteran who's been to multiple Pro Bowls. I'm not. I'm. And listen, I know people are going to say, "Come on, Vin." Listen, I'm not overselling it. He just. I, I'm, what I'm trying to say here is he looks so polished. So pro, so seasoned in such a good way. Uh, he just looks great out there. What can I say? I mean, yeah. smooth, uh, making all the right moves, knows everything there is to know. And I'm so eager to see him playing, as you say, healthy, because he was gutting it out last year. A lot of guys might have said, yeah, i got to sit out for a while, you know. And yeah. he didn't. And thank goodness, I'm so fired up about Justin Reed's season and he better make the Pro Bowl. Not because like I'm putting that on him, but I'm putting it <laughs> on people to vote for him because yeah. I think he's going to put up the kind of campaign that would be worthy of that. Yeah, I, I, I think the same thing. I think he is... That's, that's the thing that stood out to me the first couple of days and being on the sideline. When he comes over to the sideline, He's talking with everybody. I mean, he's talking about what routes. He'll come over and say, hey, what did you have What'd you have over there on that side on that? He'll want to know, talking to the other DBs that were on the field, like what routes were there. And there was a point I wrote about this in observations on uh, Saturday. They were individuals this period in practice where you work on individual skills of your position. You don't get with any other units. It's just your group working together. And so those drills – Trust me, I haven't played many, many times. Whenever you saw individual period, it was a long individual period. Every player hated it. You always mm-hmm. wanted a short individual period so you could go scrimmage or do seven-on-seven seven or you know, inside drill or whatever. You hated individual. Well, I'm watching, I'm watching the different drills that are going on, and I happen to look down, and I see the DBs working on this drill. And it's basically it's kind of like a slingshot cover drill. And just, I just saw Justin Reed do that drill individual, and I was like, he did it with such – um, such emphasis. Well, a little while later, they were doing a one-on-one drill, and he used that technique that he was using in the individual drill in the one-on-one drill to come up mm. with an interception. And I just thought, man, that's a level of play where you've taken where you've taken that level of play to. That is, man, it's hard. It, it's hard to reach. 
but yeah. he's the kind of guy I think uh, can can get there and and definitely uh, do some things for you. Okay, we we've talked about David Johnson. You've you've kind of given me your gut reaction, yeah, uh, to David Johnson. So uh, I won't go with with David Johnson at all. I'll go to this. We've seen him for a couple years, but the first few days in training camp practice this year. I would say one of the arrows pointing way up on a guy is tight end mm-hmm. Jordan Thomas. What was your yeah. gut reaction? What was your gut reaction to seeing him? It's more like what I expected last year's natural transition to be, you know. And I think that maybe sitting has really helped him. I mean, there look, there's a song in Hamilton where they talk about why do you write like you're running out of time, you know, why yeah. do you write like you're running out of time? Three people got that. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I got uh, he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Stevie Mitchell to me is one of those guys. Oh, and yeah. Kiki QT is one of those guys who are just hustling all the time out there because they feel like, uh-oh, I need to do something here if I'm yeah. going to make this squad. Yeah. Uh, it's very competitive at my position group. And for Thomas, it clearly is. Uh, I think that, if the funny thing to me today, Johnny, and I think I mentioned this to you, you see him standing up next to Darren Fells. Fells is a big boy. He's yeah, two he inches taller. Yep. Uh, he's he's. You could see why Fells had the kind of year he had. The yep. question to me is, why didn't it happen sooner? Why did people right. dis, Why didn't people dis, uh, discover him as a weapon sooner? The yeah. kind of weapon he was last year for this football team and his ability to adjust with Watson's improvisation. Uh, but I think Thomas is definitely up for the task. And we saw him make some really nice catches today, and I know he's done it already this camp. So good start for him. This is a don't put him in Canton yet, but <laughs> yeah. kind of guy right here. Yeah. Jordan Thomas off to a really good start. Yeah, uh, JT, I think, has consistently made plays. And I'll say this because we're on radio. I did write just one sentence about this. Mm-hmm. But Mark, I think they signed a pretty good rookie tight end too, Dylan Stapleton, uh, James Madison. Oh yeah, he look he made a catch today mm-hmm. um, uh, in one on ones. I looked up and I'm like, man, he just consistently is doing some good things. And I think he's probably more receiver than he is blocker, probably right now. But he blocks pretty well too. You know, he's the one thing about tight ends: are you willing to do it? If you're willing to do it, you're willing to learn, and you're going to get better at some point. But there's such a logjam at this particular position. Oh, yeah. And as you always said, injuries can sort that thing out for you. But as long as Dylan Stapleton just keeps stacking up good days, the coaching staff's going to find something I think they really like. He's a good athlete. His brother was the wide receiver on the team. So those two Stapletons did a lot of good things for James Madison. One I like of better the programs, group. FCS. It's I like the group. group. You know, you know when they when they didn't retain Griffin, I thought, really? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they drafted Waring and all that, and I thought, wow, they're they really going in another direction. Because I always thought Ryan was pretty good. You know, he did yeah. some good things here. Uh, but you could see it. You could see why. I mean, they feel like they've elevated everything, and they have. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we get back. we got to go around the league, and we will go around the AFC South in particular. Oh, there's some attrition in Jacksonville. There was a tryout in Nashville and more around the league. We'll do that next right here at Texans All Access. Don't miss a single thing on your favorite team. Follow us on Twitter at Houston Texans. This is Texans Radio. Back to the show that keeps you up to date on the Houston Texans. Texans All Access. 
Yes, sir. Welcome back. A reminder, HoustonTexans.com, the Texans app. Get all your podcasts, get all your articles, get all your videos. Man, we had so much up for you the last three days. It was a football smorgasbord to just take it all in. Gorge yourself. Go for it. Do it. (laughs) Absolutely. Take it down. That's what I'm. That's what I'm advising you to do. It's okay. I mean, you totally can do that. I had uh, th- today. I just posted the third day of Harris hits. Vandermeer's view is up there. Interviews we have, audio, video, written, you name it, we've got it. HoustonTexas.com. Make sure you check out the app. Uh, Anov has done a tremendous job. Anov, Amanda, everybody that's worked on that app. Jay. Getting that thing ready to go for the season uh, was a huge task and chore, and they've got it. So go check it out. We got it all there for you. Okay, Mark, Jacksonville Jaguars. We got some good things going on down there in Jacksonville. Josh Allen looks like he's going to be a star. Early reviews on C.J. Henderson apparently have been pretty good, the rookie corner. But today, or over the last couple days, they've lost third-round tight end in 2019, Josh Oliver, again for the season. They lost second-round linebacker from 2019, Quincy Williams, with a core muscle injury. And they also lost Rodney Gunter, who had to retire due to a physical that he took when he was in Jacksonville for the Jacksonville Jaguars as he signed as one of their interior defensive line free agents. Apparently, when Doug Marone went to the microphone this morning, he was very distraught with all that's happened. But as he said, and he's been around the NFL while he's looked, it's the NFL. You, you deal with it and you move on. But, man, it's not a lot of big names, Mark, but those three guys were expected to add something pretty pretty significant to the Jaguars this year in 2020. Well, you have to, if you're a Jags fan, hope that you find – it's not even diamonds in the rough. I mean, these are jewels that you need to come through for you. Yeah. Uh, and you're right, not household names, but that, that's the only way you're going to get better because it's not like they went nuts in free agency again and like, oh, my gosh, they had another free agent bonanza, which right. worked really well for them in 2017 for one season, then it you know, resulted in a meltdown. Now you're trying to build in different ways, and if it doesn't work out, uh, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. uh, watch them be the surprise team, though. It's just, I know. you know, that's how the NFL goes sometimes. You know, I was thinking about them, Johnny, and I was thinking about the division and, and how it was a decade plus ago. And the Jags, even when they started to slide back, even when they still had Garrard, you know, Garrard, you know, they had a really nice season in t- 2007. That's when they beat Pittsburgh at home. Uh, yeah, yeah. well, both wins were on the road. They beat them on the road in the regular season and in the playoffs. Yeah. Like they did in 2017, right? Did That's they do weird. both yeah. in 2017? Yeah. Yep. But anyway, uh, they, even when they weren't having great years with Gerard, they could still give you a game and make you miserable, right? Yeah. I mean, they did in 2009 with the Houston Texans, who went 9-7 and seven and had a winning season for the first time ever, but somehow were 1-5 and five in the AFC South. That's what the Texans were in 2009, yet they were 9-7. and seven. Bizarre. But a big part of that, the Jags. Jags were winners at home and on the road against the Texans, and it was huge for them. Uh, yeah. They were, and they could do that. I don't know if they have that now. I don't think they have that capability now, but I think they do have the capability to give you a game because they did with the Texans last year, and they almost won the game. Yeah, and with Minshew back there, you just never know. You just never know with him. You never know. If you get, if you get Minshew mania, if you get Gardner Minshew, and I mean in London, like I've said many times, we faced Gardner Minshew, we shut him down. We faced Minshew mania in the fourth quarter here at NRG Stadium, and he went nuts and nearly pulled that thing. 
um, pull the win from his backside. There's no way he should have even been in that position. But that said, uh, he's he's probably going to have to do that again. I I all I'm. I'll make sure I say this properly. Mm-hmm. I'm always uncomfortable when we play the Jags because I feel like the prevailing thought is, oh, we should win this game going away, and yet. Man, they're all – they're going to – I don't know. They're just going to find a way. I remember when we went there in 20 uh, – was it 15? I think it was 15. Uh, yeah, I think it was 2015. And we were we were struggling. We had to get a win. And they just kept hanging around with us. You know, it looked like we were going to, you know, kind of run – not run away with it, but we were going to get this win that we needed to kind of kickstart the season, really. And we just couldn't – Get couldn't get away from them. We get a fourteen yeah. point lead, they cut it to seven. We get a a, a a ten point lead, they cut it to three. And it was just they shouldn't have been hanging in with us, and yet there they were. I and maybe that's just the NFL. I don't know. Maybe it just is. Maybe it's division teams within the NFL. I don't know. But they just always make me uncomfortable. And what makes me even more uncomfortable this year, Mark, is they've got some good young talent. I just think it's gonna be a little while. But. Caleb on Chason added to the mix. He's been banged up, so not doing a whole lot of practice. But Josh Allen, a defensive end, is a stud. C.J. Henderson looks like he is absolutely legit uh, at corner. So they're going to – and D.J. Chark, he's been there for a few years. You don't know what Leonard Fournette's going to give them. Who knows? But it feels like they've got some young talent, but just not enough of it to make consistent noise all the time. Like, they'll hit a couple of keys here or there. They'll hit a couple of notes, and it'll sound great, but they're not going to be able to string it together for a whole song if I use my – my uh, musical metaphor there. Uh, one other guy who had a tryout today in the AFC South in Nashville at Tennessee was a name that you know, Mark. Deontay Foreman get an opportunity to try out for Mike Vrabel's Tennessee Titans. What do you think about that? Well, they know him, okay? They know who he is. They know that he's got a lot of talent. And Vrabel was here in 2017 when – Watson got hurt, and Foreman had his best game. That was against Arizona, right? Wasn't that two yep. touchdowns, and then he ripped up the uh, yep, Achilles? Right. So mm-hmm. Vrabel knows all about that. And when you know a player, you figure, well, I know there's talent there. Let's see if uh, things have changed, if he's ready to go, fully healthy and fully engaged. Uh, and not that he wasn't engaged before, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out here and in Indianapolis. That's why I said earlier when you said, well, he tried out for an AFC team. I can tell you which two it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be Indian here. So it's either Tennessee or Jacksonville. And Tennessee has some injury problems, right, Johnny? I, I mean, Tennessee does? Not the, Jacksonville's not the only one. Why did Tannehill miss practice today, by the way? Ooh, that's t- a good question. They tried out Deshaun Kaiser and yeah. Trevor Simeon. Yeah, they were both there today. Yeah, quarterbacks. Yep. How about Absolutely. that? Mm-hmm. Trevor, it was funny. Drew was trying to catch me a little bit. He sent he sent the text to us and was like, "Hmm, interesting." And that's all he put. He put the little the little eyes emoji, like, "Hey, look at this." And I was like, "Oh yeah, sweet Trevor Simeon trying out in Tennessee." I knew all along he was talking about Deontay Foreman, but mm-hmm. Trevor Simeon's won a game or two here or there. Um, I yeah, was, look, wait, was it, he the Broncos quarterback when? Yes. For yes. the Thrumble game with Brock Osweiler. The Thrumble game. Good Lord. See, that's need, another game with a nickname. That's another game Thrumble, with a name. Or, yep. or at least a play, yeah. We need, to, we need to go through plays and games that have names, good good and bad. Yeah. And, that's and, definitely one. I, I don't know who did. Was it Sean Pendergast who came up with that name? I'm not I sure. I don't know. But it, it, it was, by the time we got on a bus to, to fly home that night, it was already oh, a gosh. thing. It was already a thing. Uh, what's also a thing, 
real quickly before in the show. Rob Gronkowski, according to Bruce Arians, is in, and I quote, New England shape, but he's not in Florida shape. And I quote, that humidity and heat's Ooh. kicking his ass pretty good, said Arians. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Let so, that continue. Yeah, let it, yeah, let it continue. But you know what, Mark? As long as it continues over in the NFC South, yep. I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. Totally and completely fine. Gronk and Brady back together. Have at it, boys. Just do it over there. And apparently the Patriots, all three quarterbacks got reps with the ones today. So no starting quarterback decisions have been made, which I don't think should surprise anybody. So uh, Patriots fans, you still have some time to watch and wonder what's going to happen with your quarterback position. Mark, we got to cut it there. Thank you so much. We will be back Tomorrow, the two of us, Mark Vince Perch, me down below, 8 to 10, Texas Train Camp Live right here on Sports Radio 610. A big thanks to Randall Cobb and to Drew Doherty. Joanna, great job in the studio. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow in the morning and also our show at night. This hour will keep all the way through the week and all the way through the season. Keep it locked right here on Sports Radio 610. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.